Hello, welcome to another session of the Head on Healthcare. I'm Jay Ruffin, and I'm joined by Houdini Apti, one of our client service partners at AHEAD. And our guest today is Dr. Stephanie Lair, president of Artisite and former CIO and CMIO at Monument Health. Thanks, Stephanie, for joining us again. Yeah, excited to be with you a second time. Yeah, we had such so much fun on the last one. We wanted to dig more in. Last conversation we had was more on computer vision and talking about trends and technology and what it meant. And it begged the conversation of, you know, one of the, the practical applications of that, which is, of course, Artisite. And we wanted to kind of dig in more around Artisite. You know, what is it? How is it kind of helping both staff, patients, hospitals in general? How does it tie to the things we were talking about in com with uh, computer vision and kind of get your perspective and share that with, with our listeners? So that's kind of what we wanted to dig into. And I know you're a great person to do that. So we wanted to have you back to have that discussion. Yeah, that'll be fun. So let's, let's dig in. So what, what, tell me, tell our, our listeners, because what does Artisite do and how does it help hospitals and systems and patients and staff kind of do their job better? Yeah, I think maybe I'll start with a little bit of just kind of a story around how Artisite even came to be, because uh, I think it really helps to ground the conversation of um, what we do and where we're going. So Artisite is a company that was has three co-founders, but it really started with an idea from uh, our CEO, Andrew Gostein, who's a physician anesthesiologist, who was frustrated in his clinical practice in anesthesia, but just sort of broadly with medicine and seeing that the folks that he worked with, whether that was nurses, other physicians, et cetera, were frustrated by the workload and the elements of, of administrative burden and the inefficiencies that we had in those workflows and how often our solution in healthcare to a problem or capturing more information to make a problem better was to ask one of our clinical people to do it, right? Have the nurse go grab this piece of information, have right. the nurse grab this piece of equipment, have the doctor take the patient. You know, he talks about his house. We all have stories as clinicians, myself included, around how we've done things that were probably way outside our role, but we knew it needed to get done. And so we just did it. Fast forward, you know, we're in a place today where we don't have the luxury, if that was ever a luxury, to do that anymore. We really have to take the value and resource of our clinical bedside caregivers who make up 70% of the healthcare workforce and leverage them to the top of whatever that licensing training, whatever they did to learn to become to help patients. We got to get them back to that. And yet we still need to capture a ton of information, a ton of data. We want to be data driven. And so he was kind of perplexed by looking at other other kinds of um, industries, banking, airlines, all these other things where automation has played a larger role and started to say, hey, what are the things that we could take away? How could I help my fellow clinicians do more? And really the initial idea came around, well, if I'm going to help them, I have to be able to replicate some of the things that they can do to help, you know, make their workflow easier. It has to be sophisticated enough to actually be helpful. So we thought, well, I need to probably be able to see and hear and know where things are in space like a person. 
that's a lot of what it comes down to that our clinicians are being asked to take pieces of information in, assimilate it, and then do something with it. And he thought, well, if we could leverage cameras and speakers and ultra wideband and other kinds of RTLS technologies to gain some of the inputs of the senses that a human has, we might be able to offload some of the high friction work points that we're asking our clinicians to do. So that's really, you know, kind of how the company was set out was to be a friction reduction, workflow optimization, data improvement generator, leveraging things like cameras and speakers and other kinds of sensors. And then taking the information that is there, knowing that as we talked about in the last podcast, if you're going to leverage artificial intelligence, especially with things like computer vision, natural language processing and understanding, we need real live examples of how those things are going to manifest in a clinical environment to make the workflows work well. So we needed to build out tool sets that made our clinicians want to engage with us and give them a return on that investment right away but that created an opportunity for us to learn from those interactions over time to train AI. And so, you know, the, the very first work that was done was some work in, in operating room optimization, not surprising because Andy's, you know, home was as an anesthesiologist was in the OR, but then quickly moved out into the other patient care areas, knowing that in the inpatient realm, things like our nursing shortages and things like that were really driving some of the challenges health systems were seeing. And so basically, you know, what Artisite is, is a sensor network platform that leverages a variety of different inputs from different kinds of sensors and creates automation and friction reduction um, in workflow. And we can do that again for nurses, for pharmacists, for physicians, for physical therapists, a variety of different ways. But the very first thing that we do in order to then create that is deploy a high quality audio visual experience, right? Because if we're going to capture image information and use computer vision, then we're going to need to have some sort of interactive computer vision experience, particularly in the patient room. So we really see ourselves as kind of creating that foundational infrastructure of what a future looking smart hospital is going to look like so that we can capture all those pieces of information, bring those to the bedside for clinicians to be able to leverage and even more broadly in process improvement kinds of projects. And that's everywhere from the OR to our hospital spaces all the way into our clinics. That's great. And, you know, you mentioned a couple of things that really, I think, hit home for me. One was kind of taking that administrative time away from kind of clinicians and physicians and nurses and having them focus more on patient care, which is what, you know, if you go to school for many, many years, that's what you want to, want to take care of patients, really, and, and kind of make sure that you're delivering quality care versus, I'm not saying that the administrative isn't needed, but if you can, if you probably poll those physicians, they'd probably say, I want to spend more time in front of my patients delivering care, and making sure that they have the best quality possible versus kind of handling administrative. So I think that's extremely important. I think the other thing, and we can talk about this a little bit later, but there are a lot of point solutions that are out there. I think Artisite 
kind of differentiates itself. And I thought about this because, you know, you talked about kind of the hospital of the future, right? So if you have a point solution, you can only deliver kind of that one solution, right? And I think what one of the other things that, that Artisite does, and we can kind of get into this a little bit later, but is it's more of a platform. And I think that's, I think that in addition to where data is stored, so to speak, kind of, for me, at least it's, that's another differentiator. I think you, we might want to get into a little bit later. Yeah. But, the platform approach. I mean, it's, it's sort of, um, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because yeah. when you are a, a point solution, it's pretty easy to help people hone in on what it is you do right. and yeah. how you do it. And right. when you're a platform, because you do a lot of things in a lot of spaces, it actually can be more difficult, right? To get the message out there around well, we do this, but we can also do this and we can also do this. But that's really inherent to who we are as a clinician-led company because we know that a lot of the problems that health systems are going to want to solve, they're never going to get the attention that they need if it has to be done by a point solution because nobody has the time and money and resources to go and put in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of point solutions. And so we have to take a platform approach. And this is sort of, we think that next level of looking at what is the platform of a future smart hospital where we're using the infrastructure of the hospital to really be almost another part of the team. No, I think that's extremely important because I think there, there are, and we deal with that. I had a lot of kind of points. And they're right that folks really know them for that one thing. If you broaden the conversation to kind of the hospital at large, um, the conversation kind kind of shifts to a degree. But I think is Houdini. No, we were talking about patient rooms and the likes. You had some questions about that, I think. Yeah. So Stephanie, uh, thanks for joining us. As always, uh, it's always a great pleasure to have you on these podcasts with us. Um, you, you know, it's interesting. I last time I was at Hims in Chicago earlier this year. I got to see the lab up close in person for how Artisite works. And it was amazing to see And Andrew, uh, the founder, kind of walked us through everything that happens there. I mean, it, it, the technology is amazing. And I'm just curious on, you know, how many patient rooms are you guys currently in and what's been the feedback so far? I mean, from from my perspective, it's it's been pretty awesome. But from your perspective of being a doctor, uh, I'd be curious to see what kind of feedback you've been getting and and, and from that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. We're in several thousand patient rooms at this point across 11 health systems. And it's, you know, it's one of those things that's fun to watch because I mean, the reality is this is, this is new. This is an idea of we're using things we didn't haven't used before cameras and speakers, which feels a little invasive to people. Um, And we're putting them up and we're hoping they're going to do things that we haven't seen done in these environments before. And so, you know, it's not uncommon for health systems to start off a bit conservatively, because even if they really believe in the the vision of where this is going, they're like, but I kind of, I think I need to really, really see it before I can jump in, you know, unlike things like, you know, EMR, we all know if, if you make an EMR change, you don't sort of dabble in that EMR for a little bit to test it out and then take it everywhere. Um, But this is new enough that, you know, just getting into one hospital in a big health system is actually a big accomplishment because that's just, you know, it's getting people to take the risk 
and to go on the journey with you to say, this is a transformational approach and it's a, it is going to be a journey that we're going to be on and this, and we've got a sequence of events that we've got to march through together. And there's going to be cultural adoption kinds of changes that have to happen in an organization that we know is always harder than bringing the technology in. And so it's been really exciting to see the numbers grow rapidly. The other thing that I just really love is every time we have a new, a go live at another organization, we've had actually a handful just recently over the summer. And a lot of the areas of focus right now are starting off with remote nursing, right? It's, it addresses tightly the, um, the staffing shortages and the burnout issues that we're seeing in nursing. It's um, providing a new way for nurses to think about the work that they're doing and be in control of that in a different way. And, and so always, you know, the, every organization does it a little bit differently. And we have a lot of conversations with the clinicians that we have on our team, working with the clinicians at each of those locations to figure out what are the right workflows, what are the right locations, and everybody does it a little bit different. And so when they first go live, even just in a day or two, and this is before we turn any artificial intelligence on, because again, this is a journey. We first turn on the two-way audio video, create the relationships, create the understanding, create the comfort with the idea that cameras and speakers are going to be in the rooms. We start gathering information. Then we turn the AI on in the background to start gathering information. And then it can be a month or two after an initial go live before we turn the AI on. But even just having the cameras and the speakers there and the nurses starting to figure out what works for them and how to collaborate and the kinds of efficiencies they can see, the stories are really, really powerful. You know, we hear stories about a nurse that just after watching all day thought a patient didn't look quite right. It was nothing specific. There was no AI telling them that. There was no task they were supposed to do. They just had a feeling that something in the room looked off. They called to the bedside, had someone go in, and that patient was very nearing a, a code event, right? A, a full arrest event. And that was, again, their intuition was able to be expanded across a broader audience of patients because it's kind of like they were in 15, 16, however many rooms you're in at that same time, depending again on the workflows. We've heard stories, you know, nobody really loves to talk about the, the challenges that we're seeing today with safety events and, and violence against our caregivers in health systems. It's unfortunate and very, very sad, but it is a reality of health systems today. We had a health system reach out to us recently and say, we wish we weren't telling this story, but we, we were able to identify and see um, an attack that began to happen in a room and quickly get someone there to yeah. help intervene. That's something that that person would not have been able to alert anyone to without the, the remote nurse capturing and or, you know, observing and seeing what was happening. And so, you know, there's there's all kinds of things that we see and hear. And the nurses themselves come up with ideas around like, well, gosh, I think I could use the platform to do this. Well, gosh, I think maybe we should build an algorithm to do that. And all of the algorithms that we build over time and deploy come from our customers. They are the ideas of our customers who are like, well, gosh, now that I see it can do this, 
maybe it could do this. And we love that kind of co-development. One, because we have to have it in order to have the, the right environment to truly train a clinically relevant, sophisticated artificial intelligence algorithm that's going to work across a variety of different hospitals and organizations. And because then it helps us know we're solving the right problems. If a health system brings us the problem, the likelihood is it's something that somebody else is dealing with. And if we can improve that workflow, if we can solve that problem, we can likely do it for a whole bunch of people. That's great. I think, you know, it's, it's interesting what you were saying, because, you know, on on the one side, the doctors and nurses, when they probably first hear about, you know, Artisite and the technology, they get excited, not really knowing, you know, what it can do. And then they kind of get into it and they kind of see all the possibilities. I would imagine on the patient side, you know, there's, there may be a little bit of reticence just because things like data privacy, right? You have cameras, are they going to be showing things they don't want you to see? And, you know, so how does, how does Artisite deal with the kind of the data privacy angle of, you know, the patient and not being yeah. showing some of that type of stuff? So I'm going to tackle that from a couple of angles. So I'll first tackle it from the technical side, and then we'll kind of talk about it from the more human side. So on the technical side, knowing that we're dealing with live streams of video and audio and things like that, our approach is that all of the compute that's happening and all of that streaming that's happening is happening within the environment of the health system. It is behind the firewall and in the ecosystem of the infrastructure of however you want it. If that's your own cloud, if that is technical you know, hardware that you have on-prem, it's all yours and staying on your site. And so that's an element that helps organizations sort of feel more comfortable with the idea of moving into things like video and audio feeds, because it is less likely that somebody is going to be able to get to it. And they have more control over what, what elements are happening when, because it's in their environment. I think then the next element on the more human side is that one, we have privacy modes that these uh, cameras and things can go into so that in actuality, the artificial intelligence can still continue to assess the situation, but a camera feed that a, another nurse or other caregiver could be monitoring visually, that can be privacy screened over so that you can't see into the room at that point. So if somebody is doing something that's highly sensitive, then we don't need to have a camera turned on at that point. That helps patients in general feel better about the, the concept. And then really uh, the next part of it is that it isn't a recording. There's no video that's being captured and stored somewhere that somebody is going to see later, could break into later and try and take. That generally helps people feel a little bit more comfortable as well, that this is really a digital window that we're providing and the artificial intelligence elements that are happening on top of it are happening in real time. And the only things that are being recorded are really more kind of like the outcome of the data element, right? So did this happen? Yes or no. Did I see this and need to create this communication? Yes or no. Those elements are, are trackable and actually data elements that then we can work with organizations to monitor over time. Even if you think about things like monitoring for falls and the kinds of things, the data that you could capture going into that, we're not going to capture the video of the fall, but if we can capture a whole bunch of elements leading around and the time period, say in a patient's room about their movement in general, 
we actually can maybe do some process improvement around how to prevent falls in the future without having to have lots and lots of, you know, terabytes of, of video streams that are being stored that nobody wants to have and that we need patient special permission in order to be able to keep. We don't want to capture a bunch of video. Let's do this with live streams. So those elements, you know, when we talk to patients about it's, it's a live stream, it's not being recorded. The people that would be watching are clinicians who, you know, conceivably would be in your room doing the same kinds of activities that tends to make them feel better as well as being able to put it into privacy mode if that's necessary. And then when we do actually go to the point of then having, for example, remote nursing, the couple with Northwestern, when we did some um, measurement with them, they actually saw patient satisfaction scores go up in wow. the units where this was happening because, yeah, because the patients felt that the bedside nurse had more time and attention to give to them because the remote nurse was taking off of their hands some of the documentation and other elements that cause a nurse to be distracted away from the patient interaction that's in front of them. Not to mention that now the patient really had two nurses some of the time instead of one. So all of those things, generally speaking, help patients get past the idea of like, hmm, you know, what is this all about and what are these cameras for and how are we using them? That's, that's great. You know, it's, it's, it's funny because, you know, I've been in technology for a long time and, and whenever I hear or work with kind of uh, new companies, um, I know, I don't know why I think about this, but there was a, a device by Apple a long time ago called the Newton. It was like the first handwritten or handwriting uh, recognition device, a PDA run, ran on three AAA batteries. Okay. <laughs> uh, I still have one. But if you look how far we've come from this little PDA, I, I, I need to check eBay to see how much that is worth because I still have it in work. <laughs> Handwriting recognition was terrible. However, if you look at where we've come from that little Newton to today with everything from voice and handwriting recognition, it's it's incredible. So I don't know. I know that Houdini, you and I were talking a little bit yeah. about this too. Yeah, you know, the one thing that uh, was really interesting that you mentioned, Stephanie, is, you know, I'm sure when, you know, you and Artisite was thinking about different use cases, the fact that one of the use cases was uh, violence towards patients, and now Artisite's kind of introduced a new use case that's very helpful to the patient experience. Obviously, we want to make sure all of our patients are safe and things like that. You know, I did have questions around, you know, is there new functionality that's coming out into Artisite, seeing what you see in the thousands of different beds and hospitals um, that could be really beneficial to the different hospital systems that are, are thinking about Artisite or want to expand on their current use of Artisite? Yeah. So again, this is probably some of the stuff that for me as a clinician being at Artisite is the most fun is kind of what are those those next things? And, and Andrew, our CEO, is constantly thinking about what's the next thing we can push the envelope on to continue to expand the use of the platform and make it better for people and make it better for patients and our staff. So the falls algorithm was our very first algorithm. And we have then some other optimization things around workflow, being able to identify in the OR, the patients come into the room or different kinds of equipment is where it needs to be. But 
again, as we meant, as I mentioned, we had ideas that came from customers. So very soon, uh, coming kind of into general releaseability, was is the is a staff duress model. And so, in the instance that I mentioned, a, a remote nurse actually happened to see something happening. Uh, a patient that was becoming violent with the staff member in the room and they were able to intervene. We'd like to be able to have something in every single room. And if you're going to have a camera and a speaker in every single room, maybe somebody's not actively watching or listening in that room at the moment. But if the person that's the staff member that's in the room started to feel threatened, if there was something relatively benign that they could say that could get the attention and alert security or whomever to, you know, send somebody to the room, that was a request from one of our health systems was basically a staff duress model that didn't require a special piece of equipment, a panic button, or and something that, you know, even if you were wearing it as a badge or something like that, that might not really triangulate and exactly know where you were at uh, precisely. And so we said, sure, yeah, we could build just a, a algorithm that is voice activated and would seem benign to anyone else in the room, but create whatever downstream communication you want. And so our staff duress model is something that now just out of the box, you can say, hey, Artisite, speaker test. And again, because most, in most of the organizations where, where this would be turned on, they're already using it for remote nursing. They're using it for fall prevention. They may be using it for a variety of different things. The patient and, and family members and staff are all used to the technology being in the room. So you could relatively, again, benignly say, hey, Artisite, speaker test. And the system will come back in and say to you, speaker test complete. Why would anybody can be concerned that that's, you know, you know, anything to be upset about or anything like that. But in the background, that is an alert model that says the person who just said, hey, Artisite speaker test is feeling threatened in some way and we need to get somebody to the room. And because the devices are in the room and we know exactly where those are on the network, we can send a communication to security, to the nurse's station, et cetera, and they can come right to the room. Another one that came from our customers was our patients, particularly in the critical care setting, but in the acute care setting as well. There are patients, there's, there are protocols that help patients prevent sores to their skin from being in bed for long periods of time. And certainly the more sick you are and the longer you're in the hospital, this becomes more concerning. And so we have, you know, again, clinically speaking, we have protocols that we're supposed to adhere to and they're time-based to make sure that we're in the room doing these elements. So we, a customer asked us, do you think you could help us improve our compliance with um, pressure ulcer prevention? And so we started working with that customer and training the algorithm. So now we can identify a turn. We can identify the quality of that turn. If that turn was initiated by a staff member versus um, if the patient happened to turn themselves, we can look at then that where that maps out in the time frame of when they needed the turn and then create communication like this patient needs to be turned or this patient doesn't because they just self did a, a self turn or things like that. So those are, you know, just a couple of the things that are That's great. imminently coming forward and generally going to be available. Then there's a whole bunch of other things that are on our roadmap 
almost, you know, it almost gets to a point where even internally we're like, we're so excited. We have to hold ourselves back because we can only do so many things at one time, but really exciting ideas. One that's sort of a bit different from the other things that we've already talked about because it leverages different information than the sensors that I've talked about so far. So with computer vision and speakers and those kinds of things, obviously right now, lots of attention around large language models. We're all hearing about chat GPT and those kinds of things that are the open source. For, for us at Artisite, we have access to the use of large language models that would not be open source and are, are private so we can leverage and utilize clinical information in an analysis that then we don't have to worry about that information getting out into to publicly available areas by using an open source algorithm. And so what we're doing is collaborating with our health systems to say, okay, well, as an example, we can already look in the room and see different things that are happening and kind of leverage that information. What if we added to that information that was in the chart? And then we could bring those pieces of information either together or use them separately to help in, again, workflow optimization and friction reduction. Oh. Sure. We're initially not looking at things like clinical decision support or even, you know, clinical predictions. That's uh, something that's probably further down the road, needs FDA approval and things like that. But we may be able to help, uh, for example, forecast based on information that's in the, in the chart. Statistically speaking, this patient has a high likelihood of going to the ICU in the next 24 hours. Yeah. At a minimum, yeah. you know, that, that's not a diagnosis. It's not clinical decision support, but it does help the staff know, one, I need to keep a closer eye on this patient. And two, what is the availability of our ICU beds and where, you know, might we need to shift people around in order to do that? Or a patient's getting ready to be discharged and we can see from various elements in the chart, gosh, this person is going to have some challenges um, at home because it looks like they're going to need to go home with oxygen and I don't even see anything set up yet. And they, it looks like they might need these kinds of additional support and they don't have that kind of support at home. So we could create an alert to say, hey, it is likely this patient is going to go home in the next 24 hours. And secondarily to that, here are some things that are probably going to be necessary in order for that patient to get home in the next 24 hours successfully. That's and great. so- yeah, so we're we're working with because again our, our our health system partners now see us as an artificial intelligence expert. We have artificial intelligence team members, right? The majority of our team is made up of software engineers and artificial intelligence, you know, experts that then can can train algorithms of a variety of different kinds, whether those are, you know, leveraging data from computer vision or leveraging large language models from narrative elements. And so as a trusted partner in this artificial intelligence space and knowing that we're going to potentially combine elements of information together, they are trusting us to say, yes, let's see what we can do by taking that information, bringing it in, and then providing additional advice and friction reduction to the staff by, by helping to analyze that information in real time on an ongoing basis. So again, that's really new and upcoming and we're working with a couple of customers on developing it now, hoping that, you know, by spring we'll be doing some work where that's out there for people, but we're always thinking about what's the next thing that we could be doing to leverage 
the in the infrastructure investments people already are going to be making by putting cameras and speakers and all those things up and then how to turn that information into something more valuable because we're already there that's i mean i was thinking about you know the handoff scenarios too right if you can probably leverage both the combination of the language models and kind of the uh, the audio visual technologies to assist with the handoffs as well. Like the big time efficiency gains like all the way around. Absolutely. And those are the kinds of ideas we love to talk to our customers about and hear from them. Because again, we know that if it's coming from them, that we're on track with staying aligned with solving real healthcare problems. Sure, sure. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it's interesting to hear all the things that are coming out. Um, Stephanie, because, you know, I, I feel like Artisite is bleeding edge, right? And a lot of times, you know, Jay and I will work with different hospital systems that are kind of archaic and living in the in, in, in the doldrums of the old days. So, you know, what do you see as like a challenge? Because I can see every hospital system needing something like Artisite in their system. But what do you see as like the main challenges uh, and how do they get started? Because, I, you know, I can see some companies saying, well, we're not there yet or we don't have the technology. I mean, it, for a company that says we're not ready for an artist, I, you know, what do you think are those challenges that we can help them come to um, to implement Artisite? Yeah, I think there's a few things. First, in a number of instances, the things that we're starting off doing aren't that sort of bleeding edge, right? Remote nursing is becoming rapidly much more standard. Remote sitters, rapidly much more standard. Even, uh, you know, some of the other televisits and using two-way audio video for other kinds of um, caregivers, you know, physicians and things like that. Those are standard. Hand hygiene monitoring applications. Lots of people are putting those up real, you know, real-time locating systems. Lots of people are putting big investments into those, again, niche systems that do kind of one thing. So I think one of the ways that we can get past this, you know, for there are, you're right, there are some organizations who are like, we're all about bleeding edge and the the more on the edge it is, the more we want to be a part of it. And then there are other organizations that are more conservative. Neither of those is right or wrong. It's just knowing where you are and figuring that out. But this platform has something to offer on all sides of that. And for those that are in that more conservative, like, well, we're, I don't know that we're ready to be the first ones to do this. I, I think the real question and the value of folks like our partnership with you at Ahead can provide is, You've, you've worked with these organizations long enough to say, but I'm pretty sure I've heard you guys talk about hand hygiene monitoring. I'm pretty sure I've ta- heard you talk about, you know, putting a remote sitter or remote nursing program in place. I'm pretty sure I've heard you talk about, you know, starting to track where certain things are located. What if you could do all of those things with one platform? And what if on top of that, over time, that information that is being captured and leveraged in that system, that interaction with the remote nurse or the remote sitter could actually provide new insights that you've never had before through artificial intelligence, right? So I I think a lot of it is the approach of saying it doesn't have to be sort of Star Trek-y. I'm I'm more of a Trekkie than a Star Wars. I I started with Minority Report, you know? (laughs) Yeah, or yes, it doesn't have to be be Minority Report at all. It can be very much just let's 
engage with you know these kinds of sensors and cameras and speakers in a in what their traditional approach would be but knowing that if you choose a platform partner to do it with and a platform partner that is focused on leveraging artificial intelligence and has the sophistication to be able to support ongoing development of those artificial intelligence algorithms over time then you can absolutely crawl before you walk and walk before you run that's great. Yeah. And I think you, you hit on, you know, a lot of things, both about how we can help and, you know, the benefit, I think the partnership can bring to the table. Some of it too, you know, we work with a lot of uh, hospital systems and doctors and clinicians and CIOs and CTOs. Some of it is just uh, understanding what the art of the possible means, both in terms of near term and kind of medium term. And what I say that is kind of your point where, you know, Star Trek is here, but let's take baby steps because we can't kind of jump to the enterprise in all one, you know, one fell swoop. But there are things that can be done with with a product like Artisite can drastically change the experience of patients, the experience of hospital staff for the better. Kind of getting back to that if uh, you were to poll nurses and doctors, what their true kind of aspiration would be, would be to, to serve patients, to give quality care. And this would help in, you know, turning that needle in that direction, I think. Yeah, absolutely. That's my whole purpose, right, in being in this role. I am so focused on how do we reduce the friction and bring the joy back to medicine for my clinical colleagues and in my opinion, there's no way to do that without automation. There, there's just no alternative. Medicine is way too complicated and only getting more complicated and sophisticated, which is both exciting, but overwhelming. Yep. Um, and there's no way for us to continue to expand the capabilities of what medicine can do without changing, transforming and expanding the capabilities of the bedside caregivers to deliver that, which means giving them different tools to do the work that they've done before. And so automation and then therefore artificial intelligence created automation is, I think, essential to, to really getting to where we want to go. And yet, even if you're on the bleeding edge, you don't, it doesn't all happen overnight. You could throw right. as many resources as you wanted to at this and come to us and say, we want to put you in every single hospital we have all across the country and do all these things. That can't happen overnight because again, a lot of what we're talking about is human change, right? right. That is the process of change is the workflow change that those things are going to take time. Even just the deployment of the technology is going to take time. And then when you think about the AI, the AI needs to learn in your individual environment. So, you know, I would say to organizations who are saying, well, I'm not 100% sure if we're totally ready for the AI side of this yet. You don't have to do the AI side of this out of the gate. Or you can start really minimally with just the falls algorithm or, you know, mm -hmm. something like that. Because even if you decide, if you decide, well, I, we're sort of waiting to see how this develops to get into this AI space. One mistake I think people may be thinking in their minds is by delaying that then when when it's more sort of teased out and ready to go, they'll be able to quickly turn it all on. Yeah. And I just don't think that's the way this is going to work in the same way that if you go out and buy a fully self-driving Tesla tomorrow, 
they aren't going to let you drive it off the lot with self-driving turned on. Right. That's not how it works. Right. All of that's fully like, they will still say, well, we need it to monitor you and relate to you and connect with you where you drive and how you drive and all these things. So you can't not do right those elements of the capturing of the information and the things that need to happen to to really help de develop the artificial intelligence algorithms but the time to start laying the foundation so that you can do that when you're ready to do that is now yeah great point great point i think you got to start at some point in time and there's no better time than right now yeah and you can start you can start small you don't have sure. to do it all at once sure well, I think we've uh, we've gone on a journey here and great to hear about Artisite and all the things that are both happening now and are planned in the future. I'm still I'm still going to be uh, plugging for Tom Cruise to be the Artisite spokesperson. I don't know if that's going to happen. Okay, we'll work. Yeah, let me know what you can minority, work on that. Minority Report spin, I'm trying to work on. But okay. We'll Between we'll Minority Report and Top Gun, that would be right up Andrew's <laughs> He'd be very happy with that. That, that would be, that'd be great. I don't know. He might be listening. Anyway, thank you, Dr. Lord. A great conversation. Um, Houdini, uh, as always, my partner in crime, thanks for, uh, for asking great questions. And for all our audience, stay tuned. More to come from uh, Artisite and other conversations we have about uh, trends in healthcare. Thanks again. Thank you. Thanks, Stephanie. Thanks, Jay.